Welcome to the Six Minute States on the Guernsey Press Politics podcast feed and our review of day one of this March meeting 2022. I'm Simon Delarue and with me is Mark Ogier. And uh, today it's been a day really uh, dominated by one particular issue, uh, namely the uh, decision by the states of Guernsey voted on just in the last uh, half an hour to condemn the Russian Federation for its invasion of Ukraine and to express support for the government and people of Ukraine. And uh, this was a, a, a debate that really dominated the afternoon, Mark. Yes, absolutely. I mean, one or two people did, I think, suspect it may have been something that was just a bit of grandstanding, a little bit of perhaps uh, what they call virtue signalling, because, of course, the states are going to condemn this. What else are they supposed to do? Um, and the thought was put that maybe this could have been something that was done as a, a, a statement, a written statement, and members sign it. But... They all wanted to have their say, and many of them wanted to have their say along the lines of, we can sympathise to some extent, but to my mind, really the only person who had any direct connection in the chamber this afternoon with those events over there was Deputy Neil Inder, of course, whose mother-in-law has uh, just, I believe, arrived in the island from Odessa. Yeah, he described her 11-day journey to get over here, arriving on Mother's Day, and um, and, and uh, expressed his heartfelt thanks to all of the people on the island who've gone to the trouble of displaying Ukraine flags, because she, he said that it had really made an impression on her. Um, and there, there are quite a few uh, people wanting to express thanks here and there. Um, in fact, of course, uh, Deputy St-Pierre uh, actually moved to place some amendments uh, to this uh, proposal today in order to officially record the thanks of of the Assembly to uh, various of those people uh, who've been involved in the uh, coordinated response of the bailiwick to the situation in Ukraine, whether it be through aid or um, facilities being uh, made available for people to seek refuge here in one way or another. Um, but there was one uh, motion that was defeated in, in this today, which was the uh, motion to ensure that in future it be made easier for uh, these same uh, facilities to be made available if future conflicts uh, bring up the same situation again. Uh, the Home Affairs Committee were a bit concerned about that one. Yes, I, I, I was a bit surprised at the uh, number of people who voted against it, particularly after we had, uh, as you said, virtually all afternoon, everyone standing up and saying what a great thing it was to be making these statements. I really thought that everything would just sail through unopposed, um, but clearly there were some concerns. I mean, I'm not entirely sure why, because they were never really directly referred to. Well, I think the, um, the, there was concern about uh, the fact that we in the bailiwick have to remain, um, as the, 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 the phrase of the day, locks in lockstep with the UK, and, how, and they are the issuing authority for passports and, and visas and what have you. Um, but the, the point had been made by the, uh, the mover of that pr- um, proposal, Deputy St Pierre, that it was just a proposal to look into it and to consider it, mm. uh, rather than uh, going hard and fast down that track. But they've decided not to. Um, the main proposal, which was, as I say, that condemnation of the Russian Federation, was passed uh, 37 votes to nil. Um, Only um, three didn't vote in favour of it, and that's all because they weren't here. Uh, Deputy Chris Letizia obviously still suspended, and Deputies Sasha Kazantseva-Miller and Andrew Dudley-Owen were absent today. Um, Deputy Febrosh did make the point that he wanted even those who were absent to come out later at some point down the track and um, ensure that everyone was made aware of their um, joint 
joining in with this condemnation as well. So um, perhaps we'll go to those deputies and ask them if uh, if they wish to do exactly that. Um, but it, the, Ukraine may have dominated uh, debate today uh, or discussion today in um, in the states, but uh, we also had a couple of uh, update statements this morning. One of which was from Economic Development. That's right. Yes, Deputy Neil Inder bringing members up to speed on the work that Economic Development has been up to um, for warning or for <laughs> advertising the fact there's going to be a few policy letters coming our way uh, during the course of the year. Um, there wasn't anything particularly in the uh, update itself that sort of made people sit up and take notice, or not me especially, but he did say one thing which uh, came out of the blue as far as I was concerned, and that, in fact, apparently the worst-kept secret in Guernsey is that there are, at long last, plans in place for um, Lille's Yards development. Now, I believe oh. o- uh, only he and I... Th- I think he said uh, Deputy Lindsay de Summer have actually seen these. Not he's not able to say anything about them. But um, that sounds like at long last we are going to make some moves on that. Uh, now, my, my last recollection of the development was that it was going to include a bit of housing, it was going to include a bit of retail. Um, not too sure if the balance is going to remain as it used to be. But one of the other things Deputy Ender said, um, he mentioned the need for more housing. Later on, he emphasised this and said the most important thing in the island at the moment is housing, housing, housing. Um, and not just for locals, but also for people coming to the island who, of course, are staff members, business, business employees who, who need places to live. So those are the, that's the big issue that he felt that uh, needed to be addressed, among other things which he touched upon, um, the cannabis legislation, the, uh, the two reg uh, uh, aircraft registry, where, where I believe he said that we've now got an appointee for someone who's been named for the appointment of um, co or Joint Channel Island Director of uh, Aviation, although there's no names been made public yet. So things like that were uh, were mentioned, but um, certainly the housing was the big issue, which I believe Deputy Fairbrush mentioned in his update as president of PNR. Yeah, he certainly did. Um, he was saying that this state, like the last one, has let people down. And when I asked him uh, just a few minutes ago as they finished today uh, to um, elaborate on that, he said that really the people that they've let down are the ordinary, hard-working families of Guernsey. And housing was a particular issue. 300 uh, homes a year required, uh, that's the target. Only about 180 supplied in the last year. He said that they're being let down. Uh, we had a, quite a wide-ranging discussion really about where where the blame lies for that he said well he does have culpability um, as the chief minister but he expressed real frustration with uh, deputies who seemed intent on questioning the work of committees uh, trying to um, alter or stimmy um, decisions that have been made at committee level and um, he he seems a pretty um, uh, impatient man at the moment for things to actually happen of course he made all those uh, promises when he first came uh, into the um, position of Chief Minister about action this day and I think he's uh, growing increasingly frustrated. Uh, you can read more about that, about what he said in the States today on that subject on uh, page one of your physical paper uh, tomorrow and of course we'll be back here with a review of day two of this States meeting which uh, is going to include now, it was decided today, a debate on the Island Development Plan annual monitoring report so we can add that to the list of things they'll talk about along with s- simultaneous electronic voting so uh, stay on this feed for details about where they get to on those subjects. But for now, good night. Good night.
Thanks for, for agreeing to speak to me. Um, in your update statement on behalf of PNR this morning, although you made sure you, you were clear that it was a, a personal statement, you said that you felt that this administration, this um, political term, as with the last one, you, you, you'd failed uh, the people of Guernsey. Can you elaborate on that? Well, I said what I felt was the ordinary working people of Guernsey. Yeah. The people who didn't have the bank of mum and dad, who weren't from a self-interested group, uh, who were working hard, uh, and they were trying to improve their lives. Uh, you know, they were aspirational. We haven't done enough for them. Why do you think you've not done enough? How, how has that come Because about? I think too much effort has been spent on uh, peripheral issues rather than the main issue. I mean, a key issue for people, a key issue for people is housing. Uh, we, and I'm talking about the rule, you know, we going back over quite a few states assemblies have done insufficient in relation to that. We've got the highest rents we've probably ever had in real terms, even forgetting inflation, the highest house prices, prices we've ever had, people struggling. If you were to advertise a property now, you'd get 15 people contact you tomorrow saying, can we please rent it? And you probably end up renting it for more than you were originally going to rent it for because it's a bit of a thing. Same with the sale of your house, albeit perhaps that's coming off a bit. But if you haven't got a house, well, it's a house, a flat, if you haven't got decent accommodation, uh, you are struggling to live a decent life. I'm not, putting it, I'm not putting all my eggs in the housing basket, but it's in relation to that. Gavin Soupier said recently, uh, he and I and Tina Berry attended at a, the Sixth Form Centre Grammar School to speak to, you know, to we, uh, question time with the kids last week. He said, we've got less social mobility than we probably have for a long time. I agree with that. Well, you know, I'm a working class kid. I had great social mobility. I was able to take 11 plus. I was able to get. I was able to go to law school. I was able to come out of law school without any debt whatsoever. Now we don't have an 11 plus. We don't have the equivalent of that. We don't have. If people go and they don't come from a, when I say a money background, they're going to come out of university with a with, with a debt, uh, or they're not going to be able to go to university. How is that advancing us as a society? It isn't. I sense your frustration, but who's going to actually grasp this well, nettle and sort it I out? Think, I think it would be people who would grasp it. If every single decision, it's a bit like when you come before the states, and we're all volunteers, you know, we, we put our names forward, we're not conscripts. Uh, every issue is debated, not every issue, that's a slight exaggeration, too many issues are debated to death. Of course, in a democracy, people should have their viewpoint, but there's also got to be a degree of responsibility. Uh, I mean, we've had, not on this last issue, because that, the, the Ukraine issue, I wanted recorded votes so that, you know, for history, you could see what the people, what the representatives said. But we have recorded votes and nothing. You know, it's going to be 36 nil or 38 nil. We still have a recorded vote. What is the point of that? Our procedures are cumbersome. Uh, we're going to have a debate probably tomorrow sometime, I would think, on the development agency. We've got one of the amendments is that effectively every decision that the development agency makes should it be set up is considered ad nauseum by the states. What is the point of that? Where are we going to get anywhere? Where are we going to get anything done? We're not. Um, one of the solutions to this problem you've brought up would be simultaneous electronic voting. Oh, that would be for that. Going I accept that. Yeah. I'm going to vote for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Um, so uh, your frustration appears to be with, with certain members of the current assembly who you feel are standing in the way of the work of it's committees. not just it's not just right? the current assembly it's the previous assemblies too yeah. we have got uh, we shouldn't be career politicians uh, I know they have career politicians in the UK and the USA and elsewhere we shouldn't be career politicians we should be doing what we think is in the best interests of the people of the bailiwick and not looking over our shoulder at what uh, uh, the electorate might decide for us in three years time 
And how much responsibility do you take, or how much culpability do you take on yourself for this situation that we're in? And do you feel you could have done any more in the 18 months we've had to, to have avoided this? Yeah, of course I take culpability. I'm the Chief Minister, aren't I? I'm the President of PNR. I can't say, well, it's everybody else's fault. Of course it's my fault. Not simply my fault, because I'm inheriting a system that, of inertia that's been there for such a long time. It's a bit like turn, turning around a super tanker. That takes a fair bit of time. And in the near 18 months, we've had a fair bit to do, you know, as, a, as PNR. We've had Brexit to finish off, we've had Covid, and now we've got the Ukraine, and we've got the day-to-day -day business. That's no excuse to say we shouldn't have a radical reform of where we're going. We should, as a state, say, this is what we're going to do to solve housing. It's going to be a massive... I mean, we had a presentation yesterday, uh, well, we know Wednesday, we had a presentation yesterday, PNR by Environment and the officers, about saying, that roughly, the figures a bit more, a bit less, we need 300 houses a year, 300 houses, uh, flats, 300 units of accommodation a year for the next X number of years. We can only build 180. There's only the capacity to build 180. So there's already, even if those 300 are needed, uh, we can only build 180. We've got a shortfall, therefore, of 120 a year. Over five years, that's 600 houses. That's going forward. We've already got a shortfall of proper accommodation for people. Uh, you know, we have, because otherwise, it's like everything. If you increase demand, uh, sorry, if you can increase supply, then prices will be adjusted, whether rental prices or purchase prices, which means it becomes a more affordable thing. What's the point of just being in office if you're not actually going to try and do something radical? There's lots of, you know, you've only got so much time to do that because there is lots of business as usual stuff that you've got to do. You know, like make sure that there's enough money coming in, make sure that uh, we're dealing with our external relations, make sure... Uh, that uh, the laws that need to be passed are passed, all that kind of stuff. That takes time and we've only got so many officers. Uh, in fact, we've got a shortage of good quality officers. It's not their fault. Uh, and we've got a shortage of money. I don't mean Guernsey's broke. Of course, it isn't by lots of people's standards. It's, it's an affluent place. But uh, we haven't got a money tree out of there. So we've got limited resources. But we should philosophically, over the next few years, change where we're going to go. Otherwise, we're just going to go along. In 10 years' time, people are still going to have housing problems. In 10 years' time, those that are uh, at that level of our uh, economic level of our society are still going to be struggling. But the, the, the ambition to change the processes so that government works better, isn't that the kind of thing that the last administration was attempting to do, which led to the lack of actual um, go-ahead yeah. uh, um, action this point. day that well, you criticised them for? The example I give and it's a bit of a fatuous example. When I was a law student, I did my bar finals. I shared a flat with some great lads in Kilburn in, in North London. They were great lads. One of them was far cleverer than me. But all he ever did was organise his studies. He'd have study plan after study plan. I used to go to bed at night, my books would be on the floor, I'd get up in the morning, I'd pick them up. I passed my exams, he didn't pass his. There were too many plans and not enough action. I think that's what the point you're making. Last term, there were too many grand plans, but we didn't actually translate that into action. It, but uh, if you have the opportunity to let the plans come to fruition, won't the no. action be easier? Is no. this the, the problem they, we have now? Yeah, we, didn't, <laughs> we didn't concentrate. You know, it was everything to everybody. If you look, that plan was, and, uh, through the good efforts of Heidi Salisbury, uh, we've got a government work plan now. But even that is, and it's not her fault because it was the first one we had, it's too ambitious. We can't do all those things. So we should concentrate on the real, real things that we can do. Uh, rather than the peripheral things that we've got no chance of doing. 
And, and when you slim it down further, is that going to have to be decided on the floor of the Assembly? Yeah, of course, that, yeah. of course, absolutely it will be. We can come up with recommendations and say this is what we think, but of course it's a decision for the states.